Hey friends, this is Musing Methodist, where we discuss important issues and topics for Christians to ponder. My name is John Duff. I'm the assistant pastor here at Centenary UMC, and today we're talking about, um, what are we talking about? I did not update yet. We're, we're talking about how, in what ways was Jesus inclusive, and in what ways was Jesus exclusive? And today we have a guest with us. Uh, hey, Paul. <laughs> How's it going? Glad you could join us. Yeah, I'm glad I could be a part and, of it. And as always, Kat, well, not always, but as most of the times, most Kathy the time. is with Most of the time. Wait up. My phone kept on playing music, different music. So, so Kathy is with us today. Paul is with us today. And as you can tell, Chris is not with us. And that is because Chris is uh, in Lexington at the hospital with Rimmelson. So Rimmelson has been admitted to the hospital um, and he's... I just say he's struggling, so we need to be praying for him. Um, and Chris and Melinda are there with him, and so we're happy that they can be there with him. So uh, let's be praying for Rimmelson and for Chris and Melinda as well. So, um, yeah, but with that, how are you all doing? How has your week been, or maybe your weekend? It's been good. Yeah. Ladies first. Yes, ladies first. Um, he's such a gentleman, isn't he? I know. It's much fun to have Paul to pick on you. Yeah. Um, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah, busy week, but it's good. good. Paxton got to go back to school, right? Paxton got to go back to school, and she was totally thrilled. She was really excited about it. I think it. our kids are all ready to be back around. I mean, it's, yeah. as hard as it is right now, they're all ready to be back with their friends and in school. I mean, yeah. she and Chris have this thing they do where he'll ask her on a scale of this to this every day mm -hmm. that's for that you know and of course yesterday it was just off the charts yeah she was excited to be back at school yeah. cool awesome so how have mm -hmm. you been doing paul it's been a hectic week mm -hmm. but it's good uh just a lot of stuff going on and uh, a lot of out of nowhere moments <laughs> but yeah uh, it's been good true awesome well i've been Good. I felt like my weekend was kind of a chill weekend. And then um, the Packers lost, though. I was upset about that. So oh, I was I was hoping that Aaron Rodgers would win another, like one more Super Bowl with the Packers. And then Tom Brady beats him. <sighs> so I am. I think it would be incredible if Tom Brady won another one. That would be like out of this world. But. At the same time, I'm cheering for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, you can disagree with me or not like that. But are you cheering for any of no. them? No. If I'm cheering for one, it's for the Chiefs. Yeah, I want. I, I grew up. I grew up being a fan of Peyton Manning. Okay, and yeah. so that automatically makes me dislike Tom Brady more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. makes sense for sure. And so Peyton got two, right? Yeah. 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 So I'm ready for. Mahomes to say, we're the new New England or we're the new, you know, dynasty. Um, but I also think, I mean, it would be incredible if Tom won another one. But anyways, um, so that's our, our, our football update for today. Uh, we, we often do a This Day in History segment and see what happened on this day. And in This Day in History, one year ago, January was it 26 2020 mm -hmm. was when kobe bryant died wow. and that was like in a year 
yeah like i remember someone like messaged me that and was like hey man did you see kobe bryant died i was like no way like yeah. really like he he wasn't obviously he wasn't old but yeah <laughs> like, well, he didn't I remember too, you you know being on facebook and stuff you see so many people make memes or fake yeah. stories about fake news and stuff like that yeah. so when i first seen it i was like i don't know if that's true or not and then i looked it up and seen that it was true and so yeah, it was that was it was a real shock no i mean that was something nobody expected very sad were you a kobe bryant fan yeah i like kobe cool i was a i did it well i didn't dislike i just didn't like the lakers because yeah. i when i first started watching nba was after the jordan era was when the lakers were like one three times straight and so i was like ah i'm not a kobe fan obviously he was an incredible basketball player yeah. but so uh, but anyway, so Kobe Bryant died a year ago today. That's sad. Um, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of people that were upset because he meant a lot to people in the world of basketball. Um, so Kobe Bryant died a year ago today, and we are making history today on our show because Paul is with us, and you will remember this day. It will live, not in infamy, in uh, in in. Me famousness because Paul, <laughs> sorry, I don't even know. I was gonna let it work that one out. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm trying to be trying to be a little goofy, but um, Paul is gonna play us a song today because we like to have Paul on uh, to play music. So, if you, you are you ready for that? I'm ready. He's gonna play his guitar song for us. We're gonna listen, and then we do have a topic to talk with. So, stick around after the song. Oh, sing the calm sea with Jesus. The disciples were getting concerned. Wind started violently blowing. He was asleep in the stern. Does he not care that we perish? Helpless, we're so afraid. Jesus arose when they called him. Said to them, Where is your faith? Because you prayed all night. Because you held on with all of your might. Child, your cry have awoken the Master. Yes, He knows your voice. Lift your hands, it's time to rejoice. Count your cries, have awoken the Master. If you without any warning, storm of your life has begun 
Singer's name is Mike Bowen. Okay, cool. So that's a great transition because we are going to talk about Jesus today a little bit at least. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we have very talented staff, and this is fun to do work together. So we like that. So today, our main topic is discussing um, exclusivity and inclusivity. Um, and, and really, um, how Christians uh, today in our, live in our world, how we are sometimes thought to be exclusive, how we are sometimes thought to be inclusive, and, and really what we're going to do is we're going to examine uh, the ways that Jesus is inclusive and the way that Jesus is exclusive at times. Because uh, these words are kind of like buzzwords in our culture right now a little bit. Um, and uh, and it's like, which side do you fall on? And so, so as we start, I'm going to kind of like, I want to frame uh, the two sides. Um, because the, we often think maybe in this versus that. So under the side of exclusivity, uh, we think of God's holiness and his righteousness and his truth. So especially Old Testament, we see a lot like God is other. He's holy. Um, where on the side of inclusivity, we see uh, the love, the compassion and the grace of, of God, which is which is absolutely important. Uh, on the exclusive side, we often see uh, in Christianity, we see like high morality and we think of rules and things you have to do or things that you should not do also. Um, on the inclusivity side of this, we see acceptance and grace. And especially when Jesus comes, we see that people are not accepted based on social status, class, or any social marker. And so there's this acceptance there. Um, on the exclusivity side, oftentimes in our culture, uh, so much, many times Christians are known for what we're against. You know, I, I hear this from young people like, we know what you're against. Like, quit telling us what we're against. And, and so on the inclusivity side, 
um, of that is like uh, we must it, it comes this kind of morality of we got to include everyone we got to love everyone no matter what as well as it, it's important to let the world know what are we for like what are Christians really for so often mm -hmm. we think about the, the the rules and the things that we mark out but what are we really for what's inside those lines that we can we can have and so on the so then on the inclusivity side we think of like phrases like come as you are uh, come as you are worship which is i i like that type of worship but th so that's more inclusive but on the exclusive side uh, we think of the transformative power of god and when we come to worship do we say god you come as you are <laughs> like and, and this is about you and not and so we have to change our hearts uh to meet with who god is and then lastly like on the inclusive side uh, God is often seen as kind of like a, a, a loving father, which is absolutely the right picture and, and kind of more like a friend and, and very intimate as well as, but then on the exclusivity side, they might focus on uh, the Lordship of Jesus or Jesus as King or, or master. Um, and so uh, th that's just kind of setting up us verses um, in two different categories. Does that make sense, Paul? You got any yeah, thoughts on no, that? You know, it, it makes sense. I think, I think that is one thing that is very exclusive when you when you come to the Lord and uh, serve Him. There is a transforming there that takes place, and it's something that's very exclusive. It's very intimate between just you and God. Mm -hmm. It's not something yeah. that's just inclusive. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And and so one of the things that's interesting about these two sides is oftentimes they're pitted against each other, like one or the other. But when we think about gods and the attributes of God, um, we don't have to pit them against each other. It, it's more of let's hold these together. And sometimes that creates tension. And, and oftentimes we as humans like the simple answer, like this or that it's black or white. Uh, when, when really the reality is let's hold these two together and and the characteristics of god of holiness and love or grace they don't work against each other they work no, together um and so as we consider these two topics i want to i want to take a look first at a couple places in scripture in the bible uh, that kind of addresses these two things and then we're going to kind of hone in on jesus himself and talk about the way jesus uh worked in his culture of the day so I want to start with the first, uh, first with uh, the story of Ruth. So Ruth comes from the Old Testament. I thought that was important to kind of start there. And the Old Testament is known for uh, an emphasis on holiness. So exclusivity, like the purity laws, like you have to be pure, um, you have to be holy. And, and really an exclusivity that's primarily, uh, oftentimes is seen as just the nation of Israel, right? Like God came and chose Israel as his nation and you kind of had to be a part of Israel in, in one sense. Uh, there are many senses where God reaches people outside of Israel in the Old Testament. So it's it's not just that, but oftentimes it was seen like that. But the story of Ruth, I love as the story of Ruth because Ruth is a foreigner who follows her mother-in-law back to Israel and then gets included in the family of God and, and the reason that she is included is not just like everyone got included. What was because of her character? True. Like she gets, she comes back and she has uh, the, like Boaz says, I heard of your kindness. 
and the way you treated your mother-in-law. And so I want to bless you with that. And, and so Ruth is included because of her loving kindness and the way she cares for her mother. So that's kind of big. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. One of the things that always stood out to me is that whenever she did come back, the way Boaz recognized her was she was in the field working mm -hmm. when nobody else wanted to. So yeah. there was there was something about her that stood out from everyone else. He's seen yeah. that. And so uh, just agreeing with what you're saying there, her yeah. character made her be recognized. Yeah, and, and and the word that's used is the word that's also used to describe Yahweh, Israel's God, as the main characteristic of, of loving kindness. Um, of the way Ruth mm -hmm. was. And so so she's included because of that. But also you must realize that like Orpah, the other sister, it's not Ruth wasn't just included just to include is because of what she did and the way she acted. Like yeah. Orpah isn't included in the family of God, but she chooses to go away and not be a part. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's the Old Testament. There's another story in the New Testament that uh, kind of illustrates this a little bit too. We, uh, Chris and I actually did a Bible study on it last semester on uh, the book, the the letter, the book of Philemon in the New Testament. And in the book of Philemon, uh, do you call it Philemon or Philemon? There's different. It's different ways. Yeah. I've always said Philemon. <laughs> okay, but Philemon. According I to Google, know. it's Philemon. <laughs> I think there's uh, different people say different things. Yeah. But in the book of Philemon, it illustrates some of this inclusivity and exclusivity of from Paul because Paul is writing to Philemon, the guy who owned Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave. And he's saying, I want you to accept Onesimus as a brother. So he's saying there's this, uh, we're including Onesimus in the family of God, not as a slave, but as a brother. And so there's this like social markers of the day don't mean anything inside the family of God. And, and so that that's big because slaves wouldn't be thought of as equal in their society. And so, so this is displays the inclusivity. Um, at the same time, in this call to Philemon, Paul, in a sense, is setting a high bar for the way Philemon needs to treat one another. Like, you really need to love this guy to an extent that you're including and give up. Like, he owned this guy, so he had a lot of money. It's like an investment. You know, give up this investment of money, which is would be really hard for people to do Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, as well. And, and so... And so that's kind of a picture of the way people were included in the early church, uh, kind of scandalously sometimes. Uh, slaves and uh, of different, you know, women were included and thought of as equals, um, and and children as well were thought of as, as very highly in the Christian early Christian church. And so, um, so that's 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 another story where we can look at the inclusivity. And then when I think of Paul. We know Paul really well in the New Testament because he was well known for wanting to include the Gentiles, right? Yes. Like he said, it's not just for the Jews anymore. I'm preaching to the Gentiles. And he yes, did that correct. purposefully. At the same time, he also, in a sense, is very exclusive because he says uh, it's no longer through works, but it's through faith in Jesus. There's one way to God and it's through the person of Jesus. Right. Yes. So, no. Yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. Paul, uh, which I really like Paul in the Bible. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Not being. It's good. Yeah. But, I like John a lot too. So. <laughs> but uh, yes, Paul, Paul brought a message that 
that the church at the time wasn't preaching. Yeah. And even whenever he brought the Gentiles in, they tried to make them go back to that old yeah. style, that yeah. old law. And he said, that's that's not the message. That's not what it is. It's all about having faith in Jesus Christ, yeah. serving him and loving him. And yeah, so Paul, Paul brought, brought a message at which at one time he was against and he brung it yeah. to people that was completely exclusive from everyone else. Yeah. I mean, uh, just a people that could not have what everyone else had. Yeah. He opened that door up to them. Absolutely. But, it, it, yeah, so he included, but in, in a world where there were lots of people that had lots of different gods, he said, you have to trust this one God. Exactly. And, and we believe in, in one God. And you can't have all these other gods. Yes. Jesus is the way to the one true God. Yes. And so there's so so it's interesting. So <laughs> you see some of this dynamic, and and now we're gonna kind of land on Jesus and the way Jesus looked at inclusivity and exclusivity. And I think of uh, Jesus um, when I think of Jesus's inclusivity, the way he he didn't let social markers stop him. You know, he interacted uh, with women a lot, and and you know, rabbis, men probably would not have chosen to interact with women that much, let alone let women touch them. This was somewhat scandalous, you know, and also is an incredible because no one ever said, Jesus, like, it looks like you're sleeping around because he was so, but that was because they knew his character and he was so holy. And, and you can tell that uh, by the way he does things. But, and so women, sinners, he's known for going and spending time with sinners and tax collectors. And so uh, he's saying, okay, all these other markers that people have, I'm going to kind of tear those down and include people that previously were not included. And and the Pharisees didn't like this. And one of the reasons, and, and it's really important to understand the context of the day and what Jesus was trying to do with this, because the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law of the day had um, what theologians often say, they, they had kind of built up what they would say a fence around the laws. And so, like, God wanted us to keep Sabbath. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law had built up, like, so many rules that said, okay, this is the way you keep the Sabbath, and you have to do this. You can't walk more than a certain amount of t time. You can't, you know, uh, feed, you, whatever, all these different things that you can't do. Um, and, and so they had built up a fence around the law to help us stop from breaking the law. But Jesus is, is trying to tear that down because the Pharisees and teachers of the law had used those rules kind of as a power play so that they could determine who was in and who was out. And Jesus was not okay with that. And Jesus is not okay with that today. Like to um, for us to use religious power um to say who's in and who's out based on basically what we want to yeah. say rather than Jesus. And, and so yeah. Jesus's inclusivity really tries to undermine this. You have any thoughts? Oh no, yeah. No, just that, that that's, that's true because of what you're saying, as far as the Pharisees had their way of building it up to say it, it was this and it was this way. This is what it meant. And, you know, you find it through scripture, even when, when the disciples are going to the field and they're taking corn and they look at them and say, you know, they ain't supposed to do that. Yeah. It's the, yep. it's the law. Yeah. And then Jesus says, yeah, but you'll go get an ox that's mm -hmm. stuck yeah. out if it's on the Sabbath day. Yeah. You know, and so they they kind of build it up to say one thing 
And Jesus says, but this is what it really means. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, the scripture says that he didn't come to do away with it, but fulfill it. Yeah. And so yeah. it, he, he didn't come. He came to teach them the right way mm-hmm. of the law, which yeah. in terms had to tear down what their idea of what the law was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to continue on that, oftentimes the Pharisees, it was outward things where Jesus was more concerned about the heart, right? Like yeah. the way in our heart we follow God, which then kind of leads us to what I would call a little bit of the exclusivity of Jesus, because Jesus says a lot of things that are very exclusive. For example, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So like, I am the way to God. I am all these things, very exclusive, just me, not like all roads lead to God just me. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he says that he's God. You can't read the Gospels and really understand his language. It, 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 I want to rephrase that. Some people claim, okay, Jesus didn't really claim to be God. But if you read the Gospels and you really understand the things that he's saying in the context, you can't read it and say Jesus doesn't claim to be God. That's exactly. just silly. Yeah. Um, and he claims he can forgive people, which is you know, crazy in, in that day. That's really frustrated the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Um, and so, because what the temple was for forgiving people. And so the Pharisees and teachers of the law are like, yeah, but then people won't start, co- keep coming to the temple and giving us money and whatnot. And that's mm-hmm. what the Pharisees wanted. But Jesus says, no, like you have to come through me. So we can't just, um, uh, we can't just think of Jesus as a good teacher. Um, it doesn't make sense with the claims. He he was a good teacher, but it, it, as he claims to be God, you can't just say he's just a good teacher. Uh, that would be silly. He also makes other really high claims, like it's really hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's excluding um, some folks, as well as he says, your um, righteousness has to surpass that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And that's a, he's not lowering the bar. Jesus actually raises the bar right so you want to say anything about that yeah that's uh he he is he's he's a friend of mine told me one time he said if we think that the people in the old testament had to live such a strict life he said you really haven't read the new testament yeah as far as we think that because they had such strict laws to walk by, but Jesus, when he comes, he makes everything personal with us. It's mm-hmm. not It's not just about, you know, outside and all this. It's about getting in our hearts, changing that, and making him a personal God to us and not just, uh, not just going to the temple or just yeah. make sure we do the rules and follow the guidelines. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. So, so as we have said, in one sense, Jesus knocks down a lot and says more people can enter. Mm-hmm. But in another way, he says it's going to be even harder for you to enter in uh, exclusive. And so I, I, one of my favorite stories comes from Luke 7. Uh, it's Jesus anointed by a sinful woman because it, it, it really portrays this tension here um, in a really great way. So I'm going to read it and just kind of work through it for us. Uh, it, it, Luke says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. 
Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Is this man, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. So, so this sets the scene there at the Pharisee's house who the Pharisee Simon thinks he's cool stuff and he's inviting Jesus over and he's trying to be like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm very righteous and I am important person. So he invites Jesus over. Uh, but this woman who is sinful, so we know her past actions, <laughs> things that she has done has been bad. Um, well, I, not that they know, they just characterize her as sinful, you know, and so it's like her past, she's done bad things in her past. She comes and she anoints Jesus in a very, very crazy, intimate um, form of worship and um it's, it's it's quite incredible, actually. And, and the Pharisee doesn't see, okay, this woman is responding to Jesus. Well, she, he sees, looks at her and sees all the wrong things that she's done. So Jesus, always smart and intuitive, <laughs> answers him, Simon, I have something to tell you. <laughs> tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay them back, so he forgave the debts of both. How much will you love? Now, which one of them will you love? Will will love him more? Sorry, uh, Simon replied. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. You have judged correctly, Jesus says. And then uh, this is the great part. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, "Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair." So he's contrasting. Simon's re response to Jesus and the woman's, the way wo the woman has treated Jesus. Uh, you did not give me a kiss, which was they were supposed to as they greeted uh, a guest. But this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, which was uh, something they were supposed to do for guests, uh, anoint them with oil. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little then jesus says there your sins are forgiven the other guests began to say who is this even who even forgives sins again that that's a big deal um and jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace and so just some of the dynamics there the pharisee simon looks at the woman and sees her past sins sees her morality uh and is wanting to exclude her from you know, the group and from being a part of the family of God. Um, Jesus says, one, okay, she's a woman. I'm not going to exclude her because she's a woman. I'm not going to exclude her because of her past sins. We are not excluded from the family of God because of what we have done in our past. Um, rather, what Jesus does is he changes the story a little bit. And, he's, and what Jesus is saying is how you respond to me as a person mm. is is the way that you are is, is how you are in or out those who respond to me like this woman who is who worshiped jesus called him lord wet his feet they are the ones who are included in the family of god and then simon this pharisee who had done everything right and who followed the law but did not respond to the person of jesus with respect with love by worshiping him um, it, 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 he's not included. 
And so there's this switch of the way that people are included and excluded in the family of God. And and it all revolves around the person of Jesus and how we respond to Jesus. And, And that is highlighted by the switch of what kind of Paul talks about by following the law versus faith and trust in Jesus. So it's no longer just about morality. We as Christians are called to follow the law, not just because it's a law, though, but because it is what God has given us. And it is our response to the person of God, and it's the way we worship him and follow him personally. And so it's it's really about our personal response to the person of Jesus. And that's what Christianity is all about. Yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I believe that. I think uh, another story in the Bible talks about when the woman who is called in the act of adultery and they bring mm-hmm. her out, yeah. and they make it very specific that the law teaches us that we're supposed to stone her yeah. because that's what the law teaches. But something I always find uh, kind of, you know, funny about the story, not you know, funny, but just using yeah. that word, that, is that if you look at the old law and what it teaches in that scenario is that both male and female are supposed to be brought to yeah, that point together. and supposed to, both of them are supposed to be stoned. But for some reason, they find just the woman and bring mm-hmm. her out. And so they're using their power to yeah, oppress. And, and so here, here yeah. it is. They're in that. They're in the position. They're using the law to their benefit and how they see it and how they want it to be used. And Jesus stoops down and he writes in the sand. He stands up. And he tells them. He says, "If you don't have sin, then you throw a stone." Yeah. And because of that they have to look at themselves and they realize, you know, we're judging this woman. And we've got issues of our own. So the Bible said they all went back to their homes. And then he stoops down, writes again, he looks at her and says, go, you're you're forgiven. So the fact that they tried to use the law in a way that fit the way they wanted it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just scripture in general, Bible in general, to use the Bible to kind of fit just how we see it, but not really putting it towards how we're serving Jesus, how we're loving him and how we're how we're living our life to allow Christ to live in us. Yeah. So, and, and you see that there and I'm, I'm a big advocate on that, that it's not just, it's not just following the rules, but you have to fall in love with what, what God is, what yeah. who Jesus is. You have to fall yeah. in love with them. If you just, if you're just doing it because, you know, that's the rule, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's then then enough. you're not, you're not yeah. in love with what it means to, be a Christian, serving God with your whole heart and allowing him to be God to you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to, to summarize a little bit, we see the inclusivity of Jesus. We see, as Paul says, there's no more slave or free, male or female, mm-hmm. you know, no more, if he was today, white or black, there's no more differences with culture, Gentile, Jew. Um, we're all included if we want to follow Jesus. But there also is an exclusivity of we get to God through Jesus, the person of Jesus. It is through faith in him. And so we can't in the world just say whatever goes. That's not what we believe. We believe that Jesus is the exclusive way to God. Um, and uh, and that's really important as Christians yeah. to understand. And so there's this understanding that goes there as well as holding the tension that goes there so uh, i have a couple just thoughts to wrap us up of what does this mean uh, for us in in a, in our lives and in our world and and one is that um 
people really do know what we are against as Christians. <laughs> like the past century in America has, has already done that. They know what we're against. They really need to know what we are for. And, and I think we as Christians need to work to make that known, uh, not just through what we say or our voices, but the way we live in the world. And, and are we living in action rather than just complaining or critiquing uh, the world and our culture? Uh, although I think we are called to critique uh, in a sense, yes. Uh, we're also called to live as an alternate way um, uh, of living. And then second thing, at the same time, don't give up on holiness and discipleship and truth and calling ourselves to a higher calling, to character. That character matters. Uh, the way we respond to Jesus matters and keeping him as Lord and master. He is Lord and master. And it's not just about the outside of the cup, as Jesus would say, but also the inside mm-hmm. of our hearts of, of the way we live. And then lastly, uh, focus on our present response to Jesus. For, for me as a disciple, I have to focus every day of how am I responding to Jesus now? Not just am I following the rules or has my have I been good in the past it's and have i responded to jesus in the past it's it's right now how am i responding to jesus in this moment um and so focus on those things so do you got any final no, thoughts I to just, wrap us up with just, I, I just just agreeing with what you said hmm. living each day not just not just following the rules but but making sure that everything that i do kind of shows christ in me the way I live, the things that mm-hmm. I say, the actions that I do, and am I setting a good example for someone else? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just that's that's my desire is yeah. to make sure that I'm I'm doing the best that I can for him. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, that wraps us up for today. We went a little bit long. Chris wasn't even here to add his stuff, but but it, it, <laughs> it was good. Um, so as, as we're closing out, just remind you that uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday nights, we're doing Bible study on Ruth in the uh, multi-purpose centers here, here that starts at 6.30. We're on chapter 2 of Ruth. So come excited for that. On Sunday, we have worship. I'm preaching. It'll be a great Sunday. I'm excited for that. And then, Kathy, we got a blood drive coming up. We have a blood drive coming up on February 22nd. Okay, cool. That was in the newsletter, yes, right? Yes, February 22nd from 1 to 6. Um, check your newsletter. The link to sign up is there. Yeah. Um, they're still doing the COVID antibody testing. So Ooh, that's if you cool. have blood, you can still get tested to see if you've had. That is good um, to know. Um, what else do we have going on? Ash Wednesday. Do you want to Ash Wednesday. Yeah, Ash Wednesday is the twenty, the seventeenth of February, and we are we are at six thirty. We are going to do an in person service in the sanctuary. Uh, we will also stream it, and we're gonna have ashes that individuals put on themselves. And if you want to come, and if you're gonna watch from online, you come, and we're gonna have prepared for you a bag that you can pick up and ash yourself. And yeah. so that's gonna be very cool. Um, so put it on your calendar. Don't miss it. It's probably on your calendar if you have a calendar that includes Christian holidays. But, yeah. But, <laughs> but we'll have we'll let you everybody know once the ashes are available for pickup. So that's that's, that, that's gonna be fun. It it's always quick between Christmas and to Lent. It, it just flies, it flies yeah. by, and you're like, well, we're to Lent already. So um, okay, cool. So that's it for today. So uh, it's been good to be with y'all. I'm going to close this out with a blessing. 
as I turn down the music. So may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. So 